Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi, as they both met with the media on Tuesday. Plus, hear from former Raider offensive lineman and current member of the Raiders radio broadcast, Lincoln Kennedy, and also former NFL defensive back Mark McMillan on what they are seeing from the team from a player's point of view, and also guys that were around training camp and all of preseason. Of course, Lincoln, he's on the broadcast as well. So, player analysis of what they've seen from the Raiders 0-3 start. Your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, a Locked and Loaded show, September 28th, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Your win is a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raider Podcast free and available on all platforms. Plenty to get to on today's show. Here in segment number one, you're going to hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham and offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. Both met with the media on Tuesday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So I was able to pull some sound bites that I thought stood out that has to do with the Tennessee Titan game and also has to do with just the success and failures of the team so far in the season as they're 0-3 and a little bit of the sound bites also have to do with the upcoming game on Sunday versus the Denver Broncos as they head to Allegiant Stadium uh, as week four is underway for the silver and black. And uh, that's coming up in this segment. You'll hear from Lincoln Kennedy and Mark McMillan coming up in segment number two. Today's episode, by the way, is being brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. I'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. But uh, let's go ahead and get into the sound bites from Patrick Graham and Mick Lombardi. First, Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator. Uh, the Raiders' defense gave up 24 points in the first half against the Tennessee Titans and shut them out in the second half. Against the Cardinals, shut out the Cardinals in the first half, gave up 29 points in the second half and in overtime. So Patrick Graham was asked what changed at halftime on Sunday and made the defense come in, settle down the second half, and pitch that shutout. Um, at halftime, discussion is just in terms of, okay, let's settle down, let's see what they're doing, um, and then let's do our best to take away what they're doing. You know, just play a little bit tighter with the run defense, a little tired bit with the coverage and, you know, just settling down was really the main thing and, you know, just doing our fundamentals. I mean, most of the time when something like that happens, usually what we do is we go back and focus on the fundamentals and start tackling better. Let's start playing with our hands better. And that, that was evident when you watched the tape. That's a lot of stuff that ended up um, happening better there. And then obviously I had to do a better job, you know, calling it too, but I mean, usually it comes back to fundamentals. So there's defensive coordinator Patrick Graham talking about the second half of the game right there against the Tennessee Titans, what the defense did better. And he goes back to fundamentals. And, you know, it's two games in a row where it's been a tale of two halves, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Against the Cardinals, they pitched a shutout in the first half. The second half, they were bad, right? They gave it 29 points, including in overtime. And, you know, I didn't give them a pass, but I did say that, okay, I understood that one a little bit just because they were on the field for the whole half, basically, because the Raiders' offense wasn't able to do anything. But in, against Tennessee, they came out of the gates terrible. They gave up 24 points in the first half, including three drives of 75 yards or more, right, to, for touchdown. I mean, the Tennessee Titans just drove right down the field like it was nothing, like a hot butter through knife, the, the first three drives, 75-plus yards. It, that's ridiculous. That can't be about being tired. That's starting the game. So how does the team put together a full four quarters? As a matter of fact, the question he was asked was about how does that d defense continue to evolve and grow, but at the same time acknowledge, okay, 
We have done some good things, but we have to continue to do more good things, the same good things that we're doing, but we have to do it better and evolve as a unit again and play all four quarters. I think I've I've talked to you guys about this before. Consistency is a big thing. You know, just being consistent in terms of, okay, let's let's build towards being more consistent within the game. Obviously, I have to be consistent with my approach in terms of, okay, here's the standard. This is what we want to have happen. And how can we build towards that? And because I'm a teacher uh, and I just happen to teach football, just keep teaching and just, you know, building that relationship and getting the guys to understand, okay, we could have done this a little bit better. We could do this a little bit better. I could do this a lot better. You know, and that's that's one thing, the honesty for me, I think that's important. And, you know, thankfully all our coaches, we know do a better job and get these guys ready to go for the game and we'll do our best and see how it plays out on Sunday. So he's using the C word right there, consistency. Got to come up with some consistent play. And, of course, that goes back to four quarters of play because they're not doing that. It doesn't matter if they start out strong or they end strong, but it's not consistent throughout the whole course of the game. Now, right now, the Raiders are dealing with some injuries. Nate Hobbs is dealing with a concussion. He's in concussion protocol. I don't expect him to play on Sunday. But, look, it's only Wednesday. We'll get the first injury report today, so we'll start to get an update uh, today, tomorrow, and Friday, and then we'll find out on Sunday officially. Well, we'll probably find out by Friday late that afternoon afternoon if he's going to play or not but that might force Sam Webb into action right the undrafted free agent we gave him a lot of praise for making the 53-man roster got a little bit of burn on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans but if Nate Hobbs can't go Sam Webb might actually be in line to get the start so is the team comfortable throwing him into the mix if Nate Hobbs is still in the protocol thing about Sam the improvement since he's gotten here has been really really good in terms of just learning how to study learning how to study you know again a lot of stuff is outside of the football field, just first learn how to be in the classroom, how to be attentive, how to study and how to prepare. That's the stuff he's been working on. Uh, Jason Simmons has been doing a good job working with him there. The other thing is he's big, he's long, he's fast. So and he, and he had a willingness to be physical. So right there, those are a lot of the traits we're looking for from that defensive back position. And just, you know, again, as he gets his more and more opportunities, he's just got to take advantage of it. Patrick Graham talking about Sam Webb right there, a guy that might get a lot of burn on Sunday if Nate Hobbs can't go. And I'll say this, I like Sam Webb. I like what he brings to the table. But, man, if Nate Hobbs can't go on Sunday, that's a huge loss. I mean, it's just no way you can sugarcoat it. There's no way you can make it look good. I mean, you're putting lipstick on a pig. Not that Sam Webb is bad, but Nate Hobbs is just that good. In my opinion, the best corner that the Raiders have. And if he doesn't go on Sunday, again, that's a big loss. So the final soundbite I want you to hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham is on the next quarterback that the Raiders are going to be facing. That's Russell Wilson. How is he different as opposed to the other three quarterbacks the Raiders have faced so far this season? I mean, one, you know, veteran. I mean, I know Tannehill's a veteran too, but just in terms of, you know, Russell has a lot of experience of running the offense, truly a check-with-me quarterback where he could call the play, get him in and out of plays um, at the line of scrimmage, and the experience he has with that, you know, no different than some of the other veteran quarterbacks. They've seen everything. You know, they've seen you play too high. They've seen you play single high and spin the too high. They've seen all that stuff. So that's always interesting when you're playing a veteran quarterback like that, especially someone that's played at such a high level. The other thing that stands out, the ability to throw the ball deep with uh, Russell. I mean, I, I knew him when he was a kid. So I, I, he was a ball boy for us at Richmond. His brother played for us at the University of Richmond. So, I mean, he, he had these big hands and he could throw the ball. He threw the ball better than our – okay, I don't want to say that. Stay- <laughs> Stacy, Stacy Tuttle get mad at me if I said that. Stacy, I didn't mean that, but like he could throw the ball pretty good um, when he was a young kid, and um, 
I think just the ability to throw the ball deep and the accuracy with it, you know, he gives a, it throws a very catchable ball. That's one thing that stands out just over the years, you know, over the years with him. Now, I don't think that Russell Wilson is the Russell Wilson that he was when he was really in his prime. I mean, I think he's still a really good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but you can see that he's not quite really the dude that he was at one point in Seattle. Again, still a really good quarterback, going to be a huge challenge for the Silver and Black come Sunday. Now, I wanted you to hear also a couple sound bites from offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. Uh, again, just a couple sound bites from his media session that he had on uh, Tuesday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And the first one was about the red zone. You know, what in the world can the Raiders do to improve their red zone efficiency? Right now, they're ranked 24th out of 32 team when it comes to cashing in in the red zone. You know, we're, we're getting down there in the red area, which is a good thing. You know, we just got to do a better job of finishing drives. And I think the balance that we have in offense needs to continue down there. Um, you know, we obviously have to do a better job executing and then do a better job putting those players in position to execute. So when we get down there, um, you know, we, we can't fall behind down distance, can't have any penalties. And then we obviously have to execute the small little details of that area of the field. So whether that's run or pass, we got to try and make sure everybody does their job and we execute the best play possible. And then again, it comes down to four point plays. I think coach talked about that, you know, here moving forward the other day is when you get down there, it's third and goal at the four. You don't get it. You kick a field goal, difference of four points. So we got to make sure we focus on the four point plays moving forward and make sure we're ready to go for those. And, you know, and if we can improve on those, I think we'll see an improvement in the red zone. There's offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi talking about the issues, what they have to eliminate to be able to be more successful in the red zone. Again, the same thing that they've been struggling with for a while, right? Penalties, uh, execution not being right, the ball bouncing off guys' hands, turning into interceptions, uh, wide receiver and tight end running in the same area in the end zone. I mean, the spacing not being good. I mean, just a lot of poor execution is going on right now in the red zone, and that's what they're ranked 24th. Now, they also have had struggles on third down, and especially on Sunday against the Titans. I mean, that was really one of the Achilles heels, the biggest Achilles heel. They were one for 12 on third down. They were actually three for three on fourth down, but one for 12 on third down. So here's Mick Lombardi talking about the struggles that the Raiders had on third down versus the Titans and what he felt like the main reason for that struggle was. You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, on third down, um, there's, a, there's certain things that we try and do, and we have to stay head and down distance, first of all. Right. So if we're in too many third and longs, it's going to be a tough day on third down. So the first job starts on first and second down. And we can't put our put ourselves in position to try and convert a bunch of third and 10 pluses. So if we try and stay in the third and two to five range, third and six to nine range, we really want to try and do that as much as possible because our percentages just by go down by being higher and higher. So if we're staying in the third and two to five range, which will be a goal for us moving forward and then staying ahead and down distance and skipping some third downs. You know, if we want to try and eliminate some third downs in the game, try and have more positive plays in the first and second down, get the running game going, you know, making sure we're getting the ball on time of first and second down and not having the negative plays on first and second down really will be key to carrying over success on third down. Getting behind the chains is a major issue for the Raiders. So far this season, they've done a very poor job when they get behind the chains. You know, when it's third and long, and I know Derek Carr, especially in that first game against the Chargers, was able to overcome that a few times, but man, they just can't afford to get way behind the chains like they've been doing consistently so far for three games. They've got to stay ahead of the chains. They've got to allow the run game to cook. They've got to allow the passing game to cook, but uh, they've got to be able to stay ahead of the chains and get third and shorts instead of third and long. So that's one big reason why the struggles one for 12 on third down on Sunday versus Titans. Final soundbite that I want you to hear for segment number one today's Locked On Raiders podcast comes from uh, Mick Lombardi, offensive coordinator, talking about Devontae Adams. 
Week one, he had 17 targets. A lot of folks said he got targeted too much. Week two, only had two catches, didn't get targeted enough. Week three, eh, it was kind of like a middle even, but still felt like there were still plays out there that Devontae Adams could have made that, you know, the ball didn't go his way. So here's Mick Lombardi on how to get Adams more involved in the offensive game plan, even when he's double and triple teamed. And I'll just tell you now that he talks about spreading the ball around to other players. Here he is. Yeah, I think um, as a coaching staff and as as a whole entire unit, I think we have to make sure we put our players in the best chance to be successful, and that's everybody. So there's different ways we can try to use Devontae, or there's different ways we can use Matt Collins, or different ways to attack the running game. We're going to try and do that week to week. So, you know, the process has begun now for Denver, so we're trying to look and see what Denver does. They're obviously a very talented group. You know, they have a lot of skilled players. They're coached very well. They play very hard. They think they're ranked very high in the league in terms of all statistics, in terms of defense. Fence, they get the ball out on people. So as you go into each week, hey, where can we put certain guys to make production? And that's what we'll do with every player. So there you go. Mick Lombardi not trying to focus just in on Devontae Adams, but I think everyone knows moving forward that Devontae Adams needs to be the alpha dog that he was brought in to be, right? I mean, whether you feel like he's force feeding the ball to him, whatever the case may be, it's got to happen. Devontae Adams has got to be a big time X factor. Yes, other guys are going to get their touches as well, but Devontae Adams has got to be that dude. And we all know he can be exactly that that dude. So that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, hear from a couple former players that played at a very elite level in the NFL, both Lincoln Kennedy, who you know very well from the Raiders uh, radio broadcast, of course, former Raider offensive lineman, but also Mark McMillan, defensive back, played with the Kansas City Chiefs, played with the Philadelphia Eagles, good friend of mine. He joined my radio show as well, and they really talked about in great detail, both guys, what they're seeing from the Raiders, what's going on, and what they'd be talking about in the locker room. So I want you to hear it's a lot of really good stuff. McMillan was on fire, but uh, you'll hear from both guys coming up in segment number two after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is LinkedIn Jobs. And as you look around and outside, you see that fall is here, right? You need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. It's real simple to create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. And I'll tell you right now, Raider Nation, before I got this job in Las Vegas, I was a LinkedIn fool, (laughs) right? I was on LinkedIn trying to make sure that I can make a contact with everyone who was a decision maker out there possible. Uh, LinkedIn works. I'm not saying that that's how I got the job here in Vegas, but I will say that uh, it definitely works and there's a lot of good contacts on there. So if you're looking for people to reach out to that are in that position, LinkedIn is the way to go. But if you're in that position and you're looking out for people like myself when I was still looking for a job, then you know you need to use LinkedIn Jobs. You can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires for its leading competitors. Right now, LinkedIn Jobs will help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every single week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to get into what it's going to take for the Raiders to get things turned around. They're sitting there at 0-3. Obviously, they can't all of a sudden go to 3-3, right? They got to win one game at a time. It starts this week with the Denver Broncos. Then they go to KC. Then they have a bye week, and then they play Houston. I'm not saying they're going to win the next three games, but they got to start somewhere. They got to get one win before they can get two, and they got to get two before they can get three, regardless of what order they get it in, right? If they go one, uh, lose a game, come back, win a couple games, whatever. I mean, they've just got to find a way to get a W. And so I had a couple former uh, NFL players on my radio show on Tuesday. Really blessed to have them on on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And that's Lincoln Kennedy, former Raider offensive lineman, current member of the Raiders radio broadcast, and then defensive back Mark McMillan. Good dude. Both both guys are really good dudes. And luckily, I, I get to call both those guys my friends. So to have both on the show on Tuesday was really cool, especially when both guys have been around the team going all the way back to training camp preseason and now they see what they're doing so far in the regular season as the Raiders are sitting there at 0-3 so we'll start with Lincoln Kennedy Uh, he's on my radio show every single Tuesday and Thursday at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time if you ever want to tune in and hear what Big Lincoln has to say but uh, I really I started off just asking him how he would describe the 2022 Raiders through three games as their 0-3 very lengthy and detailed answer from Lincoln Kennedy the epitome of inconsistency both sides of the ball and can't put together a complete game. Can, can play a good half, <laughs> whether it's the first half or the second half, but can't put together a complete game. And, you know, the thing is, Q, uh, it, the therapy session is going to go on because until, uh, until the Raiders develop, or not necessarily develop, focus on another weapon, teams are going to do exactly what we've seen the first three weeks. On offense for the Raiders, um, we've seen teams double up Devontae Adams and double up Darren Waller. And that's the reason why Mac Hollins has had two big games, but it hasn't necessarily translated to a win. And I go back, I'll refer back to a few years ago when we had a similar situation, and Nelson Aguilar started making some ton, a ton of catches. Nobody really talked about it because at that time you had rugs on the, on the team as well as other players, but no one ever talked about Nelson Aguilar making those big catches. That's what the Raiders, in my opinion, offensively have got to do. Um, you talked about last week how you, you, everyone realized that Derek Carr is a robot and he does what he's supposed to be told, does, uh, told to do. Well, then that means you have to develop other routes and other things for other people. You can't just focus on those two guys. And trust me when I tell you, those two guys are good weapons. But there's been a number of misses over the last two, the two games that have kind of hurt them. So the inconsistency comes from, in my opinion, both offense and defense. You know, the defense couldn't shut down the Titans uh, in the first half. They come back and they, they slow them down, shut them down in the second half. You know, it's, it's quite awesome. Simply like the, the playing against the Cardinals the first week, I mean the week before, they, they couldn't stop them in the second half, but they stopped them in the first half. So same thing goes with the offense, inconsistency. So there's Lincoln Kennedy right there talking about the inconsistencies of the Raiders' offense. Offense and defense, and that is exactly who the Raiders have been so far through three games in 2022. A very inconsistent team. Four full quarters they have not been able to put together in a row. They've had a couple good quarters here, a couple good quarters there, but nothing consistent, not one complete game. So my final question that I asked Lincoln was about the message to the team. If he was a player in that locker room, as he's been a player in many locker rooms in his NFL career, what would the message be that he is sending to the team as they prepare for week four and the Denver Broncos? Stick with it. We got to learn how to win together. I said it last week. This team doesn't know how to win together. They have a, they've got to put four quarters together. So when you start the game, you have to be amped up. You have to be hyped up. Go out there and do your job. Start the game, the first half, 
and then and then go back in, make the adjustments, and be amped up the second half. That's what you got to do. You got to be consistently uh, ready to go. You know, the thing is, is, and I told Jason this when we were talking last week during the game. I said the reason why the Tennessee Titans took the ball first, and you see most coaches and most clubs are deferring the the the, the coin toss when they win it. They wanted to send a message, and they did that. They marched right down the field and put a touchdown on the Raiders' ass, and that's and that sends a message. And they did it with runs. They did it, and even when the Raiders wanted to take Derrick Henry away, then Tannehill started having a big game. So, and they were they were running max protection a lot of times. They were and they had just backs and tight ends were leaking out, and they still couldn't get a consistent amount of pressure on on Tannehill. So, you know, when you think about going forward, the Broncos, you look at this team, and we'll focus more on Thursday and talking about them. But you know, this is not going to be an easy pull for this Raiders here. They're 0-3, but again, I'm still not giving up hope because there's still time. They just got to they got to practice better. I heard last week's practices weren't that good, um, and they got to play better, play more consistent. So a couple things right there that stood out to me from what Lincoln Kennedy had to say. One, when he's talking about the Tennessee Titans, what they did. You know, hey, we're going to take the ball, and we're going to send a message to the Raiders, and, and I thought that that was effective, right? That was obviously a big deal because I always talk about if uh, I win the coin toss, I'm deferring to the second half so I can get the ball to start the second half. But, uh, you know, the method to the madness, you know, what Mike Vrabel decided to do. Hey, we win the toss. We're going to take the ball. We're going to run it down the Raiders' throat, and we're going to send a message. And they obviously did because, man, they had three drives in a row, 75-plus yards, where they were able to score touchdowns. And so that was a hell of a message that they sent to the Silver and Black. Another thing, stick with it. You know, that's how Lincoln started the whole thing. My message, stick with it, right? They have a lot of talent. And then the last thing, talking about practice wasn't very good last week. That, to me, is a red flag. If practice isn't good, already going into week three of the NFL season, that's a problem. Normally, practice isn't very good when it gets later on in the season and guys are getting tired. Practice isn't really as hard as it was before. Some guys are banged up. You know what I mean? Usually you hear about practices not being very good later on in the season, not as early as it is right now. So that's something to pay attention to. Like I said, somewhat of a red flag when I hear Lincoln say he heard practice wasn't very good. And then you see the offensive line had his changes. You see John Simpson wasn't in the starting lineup. You see that uh, Lester Cotton wasn't in the starting lineup on the offensive line. So two guys that Lincoln pointed out to me that didn't have very good practices through, uh, throughout the, the course of the week last week heading into week three, that is an issue. Now, Mark McMillan, defensive back, played for the Eagles, played for the Kansas City Chiefs, played alongside Eric Allen, who, by the way, Eric Allen, in my opinion, should be in the Hall of Fame, and he's going to be up for the Hall of Fame again this year, but that's a whole nother conversation. Mark McMillan is really good friends with Eric Allen. Of course, I respect both of those guys in a major way, and Mark used to be out there at training camp right next to me. Every day, we're out there in 110 degree weather, right? Sweating it out, watching to see what the Raiders were doing, so he has a very good eye of what he saw in training camp and what he's seen right now. So the first question I asked him was about the disconnect, what he thought the reason for the disconnect is with the Raiders as they sit at 0-3. Here's a hell of an answer from Mark McMillan. Um, first of all, they got a new staff, and you, you figure this is Derek, Derek's car, probably like fourth or fifth uh, new offensive coordinator since he's been in the league. I know a lot of people want to put the blame on him. As a quarterback, you know, you got to have – you got to take the good with the bad. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's just running the office that, uh, you know, that they're calling. And, you know, guys are just not stepping up and making plays. And the guys that are not stepping up and making plays are the same guys that we didn't see in preseason. Uh, you know, I, I go back to that, man. You've got to have reps. Uh, You've got to have uh, that rhythm together. Um, you just got to have that as a quarterback with your offensive weapons. And you look at Waller, you know, obviously he's got the big payday. Um, you know, he's he, 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 he dropped some key passes. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's not like him. And, you know, I, I won't give him a pass either. 
you know, this young man set out pretty much all the training camp with a suspect injury, um, signs a deal, all of a sudden he's healed. Uh, but these are things that, you know, these guys need to uh, address. And it, it, it's not, it's not uh, you know, too late. You know, there's still a lot of football left in the game. Uh, the offensive line, we've seen it queue all, all uh, through training camp. They were just shuffling guys in and out, trying to find that, uh, that right mix. And you see it all over the National Football League, man. These defensive linemen are like safeties coming off the end. Uh, you take last night with the uh, with the Giants, man. That quarterback was running for his life. Mm-hmm. You know, Daniel Jones was running for his life, and uh, you know, Carr is in the same situation. But you know, when you're elite, supposed to be the elite quarterback, and you've been with this franchise for a long time, he's got to step up and do better. Uh, you know, all those guys got to look themselves in the mirror. Um, they can't read all the player press clippings. Uh, they just got to go out there and play football because, you know, they're in a hole right now. Yes, they are. They're definitely in a hole right now. 0-3 with the Denver Broncos heading to town. Again, that's Mark McMillan, former defensive back in the league, played with the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Really good dude and very sharp football mind. So the final soundbite from him is the same question that I asked Lincoln about the message. Mark's been in the locker rooms, right? He's felt with and dealt with adversity and had to find a way to, you know, pull up his uh, big boy pants and make it happen. So I asked him straight up, what was the message? What would be the message that you send to the players in the locker room with the AFC West opponent headed to town on Sunday with the Denver Broncos? Um, step the F up. Uh, you know, excuse my, excuse my friend, but you know, you, you gotta step, you gotta step the F up and, uh, you know, every guy's gotta look himself in the mirror. Um, you know, I, I, as a player, man, it just really irks me to know that this team has so much talent and they're not able to put it all together. Um, it seems like it's too many guys worrying about their individual play individual stats instead of just playing team ball uh the defense is constantly put in tough positions um since the opening week and you know you just can't ask those guys to cover um as much as long as they have to um you know Chandler Jones is not in existence I don't know where he's at I don't know if he's back in Arizona he doesn't get a pass either um you know so there's some holes uh, on both sides of the ball um and also the coaches the coaches gotta look themselves in the in, in, in the mirror as well and and see how they can put these guys in positions to be successful and stop worrying about to the end of the game they got to try for a miracle to win the game. There you go. Mark McMillan telling it how it is, sending his message to the players there in the locker room. And I just thought that that was good to hear from a couple former players that have been there, done that. They've been in the trenches. They know what it sounds like. They know what it looks like. And I think it's sometimes it's easy for me to say what I think they need to do or what they should be saying or what the message should be. But uh, I haven't been there, done that. So I think sometimes, a lot of times, as a matter of fact, it's good to be able to hear from former NFL players that have been through some things and know exactly what it's supposed to look like, what it sounds like, and how they get over the hump. So Again, many thanks to Lincoln Kennedy and Mark McMillan both for joining me on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, on Radio Nation Radio 920. So what's on your mind? 707-654-4693. That's the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line. We'll get to your calls and texts. We'll do it in the next segment, segment number three, here on the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's get the first call from Nolan from the Inland Empire. He's calling to ask a question about the team and discipline, ideas, and philosophies based off the preseason. Here he is, Nolan from the Inland Empire. Hey, what's going on, Q? This is Nolan from the Inland Empire here in sunny California. I just wanted to give... Uh, call to ask you a, a question 
I know for, we just got so many questions uh, and very little answers these days. Uh, before I get to that, I just want to also take the time to say uh, thank you for providing quality content day in and day out, honestly, uh, regardless of whether the Raiders win or lose. It's always good to know that uh, we'll always look forward to the podcast. Uh, I know me and my girlfriend, we listen to you pretty much each and every day. Uh, so that's always cool. And, uh, yeah, once again, just thank you for providing that. Um, and then on to my question. Um, so the team looked um, one way during the preseason. And uh, now I know that preseason is really just not important. A lot of people will say that it's not really important in terms of, like, you know, the wins that you get in the preseason, they don't matter. They don't carry over to the regular season. But it's still important to note that the team looked disciplined. The team looked like they were grasping, you know, the the new regime's uh, idea of, of, like, how things are played out and really starting to forge an identity. Um, And honestly, you would think that at least that would carry over to the regular season. Sad part is that's not happening. Um, You know, penalties are still an issue. It almost feels like the Gruden era never ended sometimes. Like, I get, get like, flashbacks sometimes when I'm watching these games and I'm thinking to myself, hey, um, did we ever really move on from the last regime? Because it really doesn't feel like we turned the page even a little. So, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to ask you, based on, on those observations, like, what do you think is going on? Um, and how come, you know, we saw one thing uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, and now that, you know, the regular season has started, it's almost as if we're right back to the drawing board, almost as if we didn't even have a training camp, it almost feels like, which obviously, you know, that's not true. They spent a lot of time, you know, putting it together during the off season and now what we have on 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 the field is just not not really um it's just not I don't even know what to call it. I really don't know what to call it. So anyway just wanted to share my thoughts with you too. Thanks for your time and uh yeah, look forward to the next Next episode. Thanks. There he goes. Nolan from the Inland Empire. Thank you for the call, my man. And a very good question. And to me, the biggest disappointment, right? I'm not sure why the old Raider way seems to have found its way back in now that the live the bullets are live. The Raiders weren't shooting themselves in the foot in the preseason. No dumb penalties, no turnovers, and that was backups. Guys fighting for roster spots. You would think those are the guys that would make a mistake here and there. Now you got the starters and stars in, and they they can't seem to get it right. You know, it goes back to should they have got some burn in the preseason? Uh, It's a good argument, you know, back and forth. A lot of people don't want to hear anything about the preseason. Other teams, I always hear that. Oh, other teams didn't do it. Yeah, but I'm not talking about other teams. I'm talking about this team. Right? I'm not talking about the other 31 teams in the league. I'm talking about one team in particular. That's the Raiders. Me personally, and it's such a double-edged sword. Me personally, I think that they should have got sunburn in the preseason. But at the same time, then I'm kicking my backside if somebody gets hurt. Right, And me, me and DeMond actually had an a argument on Raider Nation Radio 920. Not a, a bad argument, but just a difference of an opinion. Right, He's a Tennessee Titans fan, so I said, okay, you know, if, if the starters are playing for the Titans in the preseason and Derrick Henry gets hurt and he's out for the season, how angry are you going to be as opposed to if he gets hurt in the regular season? Right, In the regular season, you're going to be upset, but at least you could say, okay, well, this is a game that matters. But if he gets hurt and he's out for the season in the, in the preseason, you're going to be livid. And he told me he wouldn't be. He told me it'd be the same. But 
I kind of find that to be BS. But hey, that's what he said. I can't say that he's lying. So I said, okay, that's fine. Me personally, if a star player for the Raiders goes out there and plays in the preseason and gets hurt and is out for a, a long period of time or the whole season, I'm angry. I'm super angry because the game is worthless, right? But at the same time, and I know that, you know, I'm putting two different opinions out there and I can't do that. I got to pick one side or the other, but that's why it's such a it's such a hard decision because I want them to get the burn. I wanted Derek Carr and Devontae Adams to play a few, you know, reps and play a few series or whatever like that. But at the same time, if they any of them got hurt, then I'd be like, what in the hell is going on? Why are you out there playing? Right? I mean, it's just, it's one of those things like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So, um, you know, everything that we saw from this Raiders team in the preseason that looked all nice and shiny and really good and, you know, a positive as far as penalties and turnovers and all that good stuff. Well, I mean, now that's going on, but it's going on with those starters and it's hurting the Raiders and it's hurting them in the red zone and it's hurting them in the game execution period. So it's a problem that they've got to clean up. But thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you and I wish I had a really good answer, but clearly <laughs> I don't. Thank you for the call. Next up, I got a text from Silver and Black Canuck. He says, hey Q, thought I'd try and text this in again since it wasn't read on the last few shows. Really concerned with Ziggler and McDaniels when it comes to their talent analysis thus far. The additions of Jones and Yassine has not been spectacular to say the least. The offensive line didn't have the depth or talent for a division this deep, yet they maintained the status quo there and our defensive line arguably took some steps backwards. I get that we tried to address big play positions, defensive end, cornerback, and wide receiver, but it seems we failed to address the glue positions that allow star positions to to make game-changing plays. O-line isn't creating run gaps and taking dumb penalties that kill play drives. Defensive line offers zero pressure up the gut, which leaves the edge rush falling flat. How was this allowed to go unaddressed? Feels like they neglected the grit that allows for the glam to shine. Worst part is I don't really see a remedy via a trade or free agency. What can they do to fix these glaring issues, and what did they see that made them think the Raiders could manage in those positions? Thanks for the show as always, Q. That's Silver and Black Canuck from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you for the text, my man, and... I'm not going to say I'm as confused as you, but I mean, it's something that we talked about quite a bit throughout the course of, you know, uh, training camp and the preseason. And we talked about the offensive line depth. We thought that they were going to go out and sign a free agent. They didn't. They eventually did trade for a guy. So right now that they, you know, they did go out and get uh, Justin Heron uh, from the New England Patriots. So I assume he's going to be part of the mix sooner rather than later. But, you know, they didn't go out and get a veteran defensive back, which I thought they were going to do. They didn't go out and get, you know, a defensive tackle, big de defensive tackle. A lot of folks thought Ndamukong Sue was going to be an option. He hasn't been an option, but then and again, no teams picked him up. So uh, I don't know really what they could have gone and got that would have been better than what they have right now, right? They weren't going to spend the money for J.C. Jackson. They didn't want to spend the money for James Bradbury as far as corners go. Stephon Gilmore was another guy. They didn't want to uh, spend the money that he got. I mean, there's a lot of guys that they just didn't want to spend that kind of bread on. I mean, it just really, that's the reality of it. Like, I know that for a fact. Other guys, I just think that they felt like they weren't a good fit. And like a guy like Sue, a guy like Daryl Williams, offensive lineman, they're still out there available. So the question is, why are they still out there available? Like that, that to me is a red flag. Okay. If, if these guys are such dominant players, it could be such difference makers. Why are they still out there and available? Right. So that'd be the first question that I would ask myself. And I'm sure that's what GM Dave Ziegler and head coach Josh McDaniels are both asking themselves. I think that they're doing a pretty good job. You know, I like the additions of the offensive linemen that they brought in through the draft. I think that Dylan Parham's been really good, and I think Thayer Mumford has an opportunity to be really good. Uh, I like the undrafted free agents that they brought in. 
You know, uh, I think that Luke Masterson, Darian Butler at the linebacker positions, those are going to be really good players. Uh, I also like the running backs, uh, Zeus, you know, uh, Zamir White, I think he's going to be good. And Britton Brown, he looks like he's uh, going to be a good player as well, even though they haven't really got any burn yet, right? But, I mean, there's looks like there's some quality players that they have. Uh, signed some undrafted free agents like Sam Webb. He's another guy that made the 53-man roster. I mean, there's, there's some players that they brought in that I think that, you know, the Raiders are going to really, you know, kind of, be able to lean on later on, but they're just not guys that they're leaning on right now. But I think that there's talent evaluation. Really, I do think it's okay right now. I don't think it's something that we need to get too concerned about. I think they're on their job doing a pretty good job, but thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, up next, got a call from Raider Clay. He's calling in to share some optimism. He's not hitting the panic button. He's not happy, but he's not hitting the panic button right now. Here he is, Raider Clay. What's well, good, Q? This is Raider Clay. Usually I give a text in response to uh, the the show. Um, I just wanted to call in response to Monday's show, just listening to it. And, you know, obviously we're not in the best position um, as fans watching the team be 0-3 to start out the season. Um, but just wanted to give a little bit of a, a piece of optimism. I am not hitting the panic button yet, believe it or not. I have not hit the panic button. I'm definitely concerned um, as any – fan would be if their team started the season 0-3, but I do believe that this team can still get things together. I'm not promising playoffs, like you mentioned, the P word in your show on Monday. I, I, I You know, that's not really a, a in my mind right now. In my mind, I want to see the Raiders win, so that's kind of where I'm at, um, but I am still optimistic about the rest of the season. They've got 14 given games, like you said earlier, and I think that they can win most of them. Um, I Look back to the 2014 season, which a lot of people, a lot of Raiders fans don't want to think about because it was just such a rough year starting out. Um, obviously, there were some bright spots. Charles Woods had, you know, was on, on the team and Justin Tuck and Khalil Mack's rookie season, even though it wasn't flashy, he, he was still a solid defensive player. But really back then, the offense was flat like it is now. The defense was whatever, definitely not good, um, kind of like it is now. Um, they fired – Dennis Allen, after going 0-4 into their bye week back in 2014, and honestly, I don't think they fire McDaniels if they go 0-4. I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm not speaking for Mark Davis or the GM or anything like that, but I think they hang on and they push through and they stick through it. Um, the Broncos don't really look that good uh, watching them the, their first three weeks, and you know, obviously, they have a better record. Your record is is really as good as you stand as a team. Um, but they really don't look good. So I really want to see the Raiders beat the Broncos um, because that is our focus this week. So, you know, like I said, a little bit more optimistic than, than most people, uh, most fans are, are calling in and, and talking about. Obviously not a good start, but we can turn this thing around. Thanks, Q. Appreciate all you do. There he goes. That's Raider Clay right there with a little bit of positivity. Thank you for the call, my man. And you got to take it one game at a time. You know, see what they can do. See if they can get things turned around. They got the Broncos this week. That's the only thing that matters. No playoffs, no nothing like that. It's all about the Broncos. After this week, then it's all about the Chiefs. Then, hey, you got a bye week, reset, see what you could do coming out of the bye week as you have the Houston Texans at your house, right? I mean, there's there's a lot to like, but you got to get that first win, and then you can go from there. I know Kansas City is going to be a dog no matter what. Even if this play, this team was clicking on all cylinders, it's going to be a dog and a, a tough opponent in Kansas City on Monday Night Football. But, I mean, this game coming up against Denver – 
Denver ain't playing that great. Now, I don't want the Raiders to hear that. They need to go in there and think that this is going to be, you know, a juggernaut team that they're playing, and they've got to be clicking on all cylinders. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe they're looking at, you know, the betting lines. Maybe they're looking at, you know, this team is saying, oh, they're not that good. This is going to be a, a, a walk in the park. I don't know what the problem is, but they haven't put together a full game yet, and if they can do that, they're going to win some games. So, again, you got to win one before you can win two. So, uh, we'll see what happens, but I do appreciate that call, my man. It's always good to hear from you. Uh, and that's going to do it for today's show. I got a call from Sucker Free Raider I'll get to tomorrow. Brian in Pittsburgh, we'll get to that as well. Plus, uh, Cody Rourke, host of Locked On Broncos. He'll join the show tomorrow. It is crossover Thursday. That means that it's officially turning the page to the upcoming game. And, of course, the Denver Broncos are up next on the schedule. So we'll talk all things with uh, Cody Rourke. We'll talk about the best, biggest storylines for the team. We'll talk about the best matchups for the teams. And we'll also give our predictions, who we think is going to win, who we think is going to lose, what we think the score prediction is going to be. We got all that and more. We'll do it on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Until then, Raider Nation, definitely appreciate the support. It's funny. I actually got a direct message uh, from Kay Adams on on a Tuesday asking me to come on her new show that she has, which is uh, Up and Adams, a new TV show that she's got. And she wanted me to come on to talk all things Raiders and NFL. And, of course, I responded with, yeah, absolutely. What time? Well, I haven't heard back yet. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I'll do it. What time you want me on? And I haven't heard yet. So uh, hopefully I'm able to make that happen. I think that'd be really cool. That'd be a pretty big honor uh, to be on her show. So hopefully uh, that happens. If it does, of course, I'll let you know and probably bring some of it to the table as well. I think it'll be some really good stuff. Uh, we'll meet with head coach Josh McDaniels a little bit later on this morning. Derek Carr and Devontae Adams will be talking at the podium. I won't be able to be there for that because I'll be on the radio, right? I mean, it's going to happen during uh, my radio show, so I'll probably play some of it live on the show, but not going to be able to be there in person and won't be able to be there for the Raiders locker room either, but I will be there later on this morning for head coach Josh McDaniels, and so, of course, we'll bring you some of that to the table tomorrow as well. So, until then, Raider Nation, again, thanks so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Lockdown Raider Podcast free and available on all platforms. Until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, Just win, baby.